eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. trying to stretch out my mouth. What I've been doing is a new sort of um, vocal exercise before I come in and record for the show is that I try to take a whole apple and jam it back as deep as I can mm-hmm. into the back of my mouth so I can form because that's what we used to do in school with um, I had a teacher named Mr. Riggers uh-huh. was he was there. he a pig what? no 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 he, <laughs> he was, was a big man he didn't actually have a, a room in the school he had this old shack that he said was he called it his own school and he called uh-huh. it Mr. Riggers Academy for the uh, emotionally desperate and I was like what <laughs> and I went over there and what he would say to be like Bar, if you won't speak as clear as humanly possible, mm-hmm. I won't take this tennis ball and want you shove it back in your mouth. That's and great. I want you speak my tennis ball. And so I did that for a while, right. and then um, he wanted to move on to some sort of deeper personal classes at night, like he a ball saying, game. Yeah, mm-hmm. he said to meet him at this hotel, this place called the the Chateau de Bebe, oh, uh, outside of Tampa, Florida. And he said to go over yeah. there. And he said he was going to teach me advanced classes, but then I started working at the video store. So, uh, oh man, so you never got to rotisserie level. <laughs> That's so sad. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks with us as always. There's a fella here. If you won't speak clear. But I need you to do sweet young ginger. You got a soft chin. I like it. Let me wiggle your chin. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you want to sing like a bird, I do. I want you to take take this link of keel bus. Oh. All right. Now force it away. Now, now let it hit. Let it hit the you. <coughs> yeah. All right. Now get it. Now you're about to choke. You're about to choke, right? Well, I'm gonna do is slip it past where you're gonna choke. <laughs> You like it? I, oh, I can sing. Yes, I can sing. Thank you so much. It's beautiful. I knew everyone said he's a pervert, he's a bastard, he's a rapist, but I knew I could make a beautiful singer. It all works. Clay Aiken has graduated from my school. Taylor Swift. It's all very she has been shady. To my school. It's just, yeah, it's just him. He lives. He sleeps under a shower curtain, you know, and he, he doesn't wears nothing but unitards and shit. Right. But he's actually an amazing vocal coach. It just everything. Right. Sounds like he's about to rape you. We're not here to d- discuss <laughs> musical theater. We're here to discuss something far less disgusting. We're talking axe murders. Woo! God damn! Love it. Oh, I just want to shotgun a beer and I want to like stick <laughs> my balls in a, in a hot tub. Do it, dude. <laughs> uh, yes, the official last podcast on the left fan. 
Iron Maiden. Love the maid. Just yes. like how I see it. It's just me on, on the on the back of a tour bus with a girl with a mesh shirt on. That's right. Your wind you blowing and ball. Yep. Oh, yeah. I put a wig on so wind can blow through my you hair. You have a, an assistant <laughs> with a fan in front of you. Absolutely. Ripping bongs. Yep. That's going to be my 30s. <laughs> and the Iron Man is one a hell of a way to die, but not nearly as brutal as getting cut up a bunch of times with an ass. Oh, yeah. And again, this year's... Whoa! 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 Uh, the thing is, again, axe murders. We're covering this week. Why are we covering it? Because fuck you. We're <laughs> covering it. Yeah, because axe murders are very exciting, and they are uh, surprisingly prominent in the world of death. Absolutely. Well, so, so you know, so we a lot of times what you saw in the last episode is a lot of older cases in yes. the 1880s, 1830s. It was a time when the axe was, if you didn't have a knife, you yeah. got an axe. There was you two don't ways to die. have a spoon. There you was, got an axe. That's it. Yeah. There was two ways to die in the 1800s. You either got burnt at the stake or you got hit in the head with an axe. Yeah. Most blind people back in the day, instead of having a cane, used an axe. Why would they also, know the difference? Because the big thing is that you don't want to show anybody you're vulnerable. So you'd have those mm-hmm. little tight, like super round, super dark glasses, like what's his name, Keanu Reeves had in, in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. Remember those? Or Gary Oldman also had them. They had the same. And then that made you blind. That said, it told everyone you were blind. But what you do then to not be vulnerable is that instead of having a cane, it's that you have an axe. And then you also swing around and stuff and being like, I can smell your fucking blood! That's right. And those, when you lose one uh, sense, you gain another one. So that's why their nozzles were so good. That's it's not true, but... That is true. In the world of Daredevil, it's true. <laughs> no, that is... If you ask- blind people can hear your heartbeat as you sit. I swear to God, I watched it on ESPN. That is true. That is true. They do have heightened senses. They and do. That yeah. must be fucking annoying. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a world of hell, but nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure people are probably asking, like, okay... Lizzie Borden. Why aren't we covering Lizzie Borden? You know why? Because it's fucking boring. It's a boring sure. story, and it's actually not even necessarily true, correct? Well, I mean... Quick recap. What's, who's Lizzie Borden? Lizzie Borden. I mean, everybody knows the whole, like, Lizzie Borden gave her father 40 whack, blah, 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 yeah. all that. It's a great rhyme. That's the only reason why the Lizzie Borden case persisted throughout history is because it's a great rhyme. She didn't kill anybody. She didn't kill her mother. She didn't kill her father. The if most interesting can... thing about it is that she may... That one of the theories is that she she killed her parents because her mom caught her in a lesbian tryst with the maid. The mm. one thing we learned from Johnny Cochran during the O.J. Simpson trial, if you can make a rhyme, they did not commit the crime. <laughs> so, no, Lizzie Borden's innocent. And it's also weird that people also sometimes call a vagina an axe wound. So it would be kind of interesting that you could say that she actually punished them giving them axe wounds all over their body just because of how much she liked Vajan. Right. So God was the first axe murderer. <laughs> God so, was the first axe murderer. But then they lived and they're like, I guess you'll be a woman now. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. No, but then no, he made a vagina and he's like, that is beautiful. That is powerful. It makes you a deep person. I'm, and I love the, the look at it. All right. <laughs> creepy God. Creepy God. All right. Let's get into some other creepy stuff, Marcus. Let's start with Frank Fernando Jones. Mm. It was June 9th, 1912, Children's Day at the Presbyterian Church in Velasca, Iowa. Frank Jones was a 57-year-old merchant who had obtained a John Deere franchise in Velasca, Iowa, a small farming community. The franchise was a cornerstone of a hardware emporium known as the Jones Store. Okay. And so mm. by 1898, it was so profitable that Jones had enough money to build the biggest house in town. He was also wealthy enough to found, along with a few friends, 
friends, the Velasco National Bank, and all of this wealth enabled him to make a Senate run in 1912. Well, it sounds wow. like a senator is about to get murdered hardcore by an axe. Interesting. Uh, an axe? Oh, yeah, that sounds about right, Mr. Zabrowski. I think a senator is about to get an axe wound. <laughs> but the road to success was not without its share of heartbreak. Uh. For Frank had an employee, a man named Josiah Moore, who, after years of loyal service, demanded that he needed to be paid just a little bit more. Yeah, give the guy some money. Frank refused. Moore quit, borrowed some money, and opened another hardware store across the street. And that is just fucking straight up asking to be murdered with an axe. Oh, yeah. oh yes it is, Mr. Zabrowski. <laughs> this reminds me there's a feud in there's a feud in the Midwest between the fleet farms. There's a Blaine's fleet farm and a mill. No, there's a Mills fleet farm and a Blaine's farm and fleet. Two brothers got into a feud. Very similar. And so situation. those brothers' combined weight is two thousand pounds. <laughs> yes, they can't go on the elevator together. Yeah, and you know what? Josiah Moore also wrestled the John Deere franchise away. From uh, Fernando Jones. Wow. Now really he had to work with the Caterpillar Company, and they were inferior until the mid 1990s. Mm-hmm. So, do you all get a tractor history pamphlet when you grow up in Wisconsin? <laughs> yes. Do you want to know more about? Would you like to know about case tractors? No, I do. I, mm. I can't. I cannot. I cannot allow this to be on the podcast. We rarely change topic midstream, but it's Tractor Week. Last podcast on the left. Rev yeah. it up. We got big old tractors. And yeah. sometimes tractor's got a nice seat on it when you sit on it for a while. Yeah, that's my favorite one. I named my tractor Sally after my mother. She died by getting hit by a tractor. <laughs> that's a damn shame. It's wheat. It's grown tractors for harvests of the wheat. God, that brought me right back to a Wisconsin bar. I felt like I was sitting at a stool, and I'm totally engaged in that conversation. Making it even worse, besides just opening up the hardware store, besides just wrestling the John Deere franchise away from him, Moore also had an affair with... Frank Jones's oldest son's wife. This guy has it coming. This guy has it coming for sure. He's definitely not cocky. All right, he walked into the office. He's like, "I want to raise," and he said, "No." And he mm-hmm. was like, and then he basically made a little Sam Walton. And he's just like, "I'm gonna make my own fucking franchise, make my own company. I'm gonna fuck your son's wife." <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Boom! Slam! 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 That guy was rock hard all the time. Yes, that was, was a real American. He's. I honestly, I have nothing but respect for the man up to this point. <laughs> so on June 9th, nineteen twelve, on children's day it was understandable that moore who had his wife four children and two of the children's friends in tow steered clear of frank jones oh yeah of course it's also it's children's day which (laughs) just sounds like christmas for molesters it it is disgusting it is not yeah that's the thing children's day i looked into children's day just a little bit and it's one of those trap days where they decide that, okay, this is the day that children need to be really drilled with the knowledge of Jesus Christ right, right, right. all day long. They have celebrations. Yeah. And the main event at that Children's Day was a traveling preacher named Reverend Lynn George Jacqueline Kelly. I don't like him. Children's Day is very creepy and it's manipulative. It's like when my parents told me I had to go to a fat camp as a kid. I was like, it'll be full of truffles and candy. But no, they want you to work out and not be fat. No, it wasn't called a fat <laughs> fantasy camp. Yeah, that's the problem. 
So Reverend Lynn George Jacqueline Kelly was 34, married an immigrant from England. It was said that he spoke so rapidly during his fire and brimstone sermons that anyone close to him was likely to be covered in saliva. Hi, you're the liberals, the Jesus Christ. Imperial fire. Yeah, put money in the till. Everybody on this with old God, the Holy Ghost. Oh, my shoes fell off. Honey, I think we just bought a yacht in there. I'm fairly certain that was an auction. But his shoes, he talked so fast, his shoes became untied and fell off of his feet. Isn't that bizarre? He was short, five foot two, and a skinny little fella, about 119 pounds. He was known in the Midwest as the Little Minister. For some reason, I just see... Marcus. I just <laughs> yeah. see Marcus's like great great grandfather like doing a wiry little man just reeking with sweat, smoking cigarettes and screaming about uh. Jesus Christ. Oh, and you come on down to Jesus Christ's house. You know what's gonna be there, you know what's gonna be in the road? The good devil's gonna be in the road. When the devil's in the road, yeah. you're gonna have to walk over him, you're gonna have to look down at the folk in the road, you got to pull up that folk in the road, you're gonna have to stab the devil in the throat. I tell you, Loretta, I don't understand a single word that the tiny preacher has said, but I appreciate his energy. <laughs> they used to sell Jesus like they sell uh, old old Oldsmobiles in the 1980s, like a used car salesman <laughs> just screaming at you, and you're like, I guess I better buy it. Oh, no, it's fire and brimstone, so he's just screaming about it's hell great. and the devil for oh, an hour I, and a half. I grew up with the fire and brimstone preachers, and those were the most fun to watch because it was all nonsense, but people fucking took that seriously. Absolutely, oh, yeah, and it's the most metal of all the religions. Oh, my that's right. God. It's something like, if you hear a fire and brimstone sermon, you're going to be hearing this. You better believe oh, yeah. the, the oh, devil's going to come for you in the nighttime. I do, I do, I do. <laughs> so, the little minister had been invited as a guest of the Reverend Mr. Ewing and would stay overnight at the Ewing household. Mm. But Josiah Moore, excited to meet the little minister, proudly introduced his wife, his four children, and the two little girls that were also in tow. Soon after, the group headed home, never to be seen alive again. Mm. The next morning, and really, this case, I'm surprised that this isn't extremely well. This is some in cold blood shit right here. Like, this yeah. is a, a case that I cannot believe as widely is more publicized that a lot more people don't know about. Well, that's why we bring it to light. That's, that's what, what we do we're here. Doing. Yeah, that's On what we do. Podcast. So the next morning, a neighbor noticed uh, and found it odd that none of the children were playing in the front yard. Hmm. Uh, when knock produced no answer, she called on a relative to check on the family. Uh, inside the house, they found scattered across four bedrooms the bodies of Joe and Sarah Moore, their four children, and the two friends all murdered in the night with Josiah's own axe. You messed, you messed with the wrong former John, De- John Deere dealer, buddy. Never own an axe. <laughs> yeah, if there's one thing we should de- that we are definitely going to find out in this second part, don't own an axe. Do not keep an axe in the house. Right. It will be used to kill you. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> I'm just going to buy one just so I know how I'm going to go. That's right. <laughs> to get rid of those surprises. Well, most of them appeared to be hacked to death while they slept. It appeared that one of the young friends, Lena Stillinger, mm. half undressed, had either been awakened by the slayings or had been moved by the killer after the murder. So, it's so now this is definitely... So basically they found that they don't put it in as probably gory a detail as we normally would say. Right. But she was probably... The body was molested. 
The body was definitely molested. Molested. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, was mol- it was molested. It was molested. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so they now know that this crime had a definitely a sexual motive. So well, that's what they went for. That's what they right. went for first. They went for the sexual motive uh, as it, you know, the sexual motive definitely being established with the killer murdering the other seven people in the house to take away the possibility of the molestation being discovered. A different theory was put forth, however. That one was that the sexual one was put on the back burner. The target for the attack had been Joe Moore. That was the main theory they were sure. working with, and the others were merely collateral damage. But there were no clues and no solid leads that the police, to, the local police department could find. So the Moore family brought in the Burns Detective Agency. Yeah, because these cops were about to call natural causes on this thing. <laughs> they just walked in. They're like, there is not, not a clue around. There's not a bunch of blood splash. Or a whole cyst, a whole history of violence between well, him and this other guy. I gotta say this. Um, well, obviously the father was learning to juggle. Right. <laughs> what he did right. was is that, and when you get sick of the bowling pins or when you get sick of the oranges, the next thing you want to do is you add a level of violence in order to increase your showmanship. <laughs> you know, now, what I can see yes. here is this is a flurry of accidental ex juggling going awry. This is it's just such an honor to be your deputy sheriff, and I hope one day to be such a good sheriff as you. Where? That's five dollars a suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Tolis Jimmy. You're not on this case. So they, but the Burns Detective Agency, they brought in their best man, James Newton Wilkerson, uh, to the, get on the trail. The Burns Detective Agency is really interesting. Yeah. This was a part this was during a time period when there was the, the Burns Detective Agency was this like privatized police force that was sort of like a, a panel. The yeah, and it was like there was a bunch of people like that that would buy into it, and there was franchises everywhere, and it's a really cool topic for a movie. Yeah. I really want to like, well, it's not actually appropriate for us because it's more like like criminal justice history, but yeah. it's it's very interesting. Yeah, we could look into that and the Pinkertons the psychopaths as well. Were like a the, part of it. Oh, it yeah. was just people that didn't live in normal society and so it's like, and they couldn't be cops for some various <laughs> reasons. Right, 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 right. Oh God, and if you couldn't be, a, if you couldn't hide your tracks well enough in 1912 to be a cop, then you fucked up. Real bad. Yeah. So Wilkerson, of course, he was the first one to make the connection between Moore and his former employer, Frank Jones, who is now, by the way, a state senator. He looked into wow. the lives of Jones and Jones's son, Albert, famously cuckolded by the victim, Moore. Wilkerson found the name of a man whose wife daughter and in-laws have been killed with an axe in 1911. Holy Lord. The name of the man, William Blackie Mansfield. Now, hmm. was he Irish? <laughs> I don't know. I think was his, um, well, I wonder what his deal was. Huh? Blackie Mansfield. Blackie Mansfield. I still can't get the idea out of my head of just every single detective scene. Somebody pops in, $55, it's a suicide. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that idea. So Wilkerson theorized that Mansfield had been hired to murder more, but had, quote, Went crazy in the process. Mansfield was taken to Iowa where he faced a grand jury, but they failed to indict him. Mansfield actually filed a suit against the Burns Agency for false arrest and won. Jones tried the same, alleging slander, but lost because a lot of the residents in the town believed that Jones actually did have a hand in the murders despite the lack of evidence. So he was tried in uh, the court of public opinion. And lost. And how old is Jones at this time? Because this is a real physical feat on par with Ted Bundy going into the sorority house at FSU when he got the four chicks nearly dead, well, two dead with the log. He I mean, did it. He's I don't about think... 58, 59. He yeah, I mean, did this not is a... do the murders. 
He did not do the murders. No. See, someone went in there and did the murders sure, for him. Sure, sure. But seven people with an axe, and most of them not woken up except for the final... Eight uh, people with an axe. Eight people with an axe yeah. in, one, in, in one sitting. That's yeah, a lot. Yeah. That's a very difficult thing to do. Uh, Absolutely, especially because you have to be like Gimli with that axe to be killing like eight people in a row. Did Gimli do it? Gimli did Where it. Where was Gimli? Where's oh, he was Gimli, in Middle huh? He was in Middle Earth. Oh, Dang. he was trapped in a land of J.R.R. Tolkien's imagination. Whatever. Yeah. Still a fictional character. <laughs> How turns convenient out. for yeah, him. Yeah, typical. Well, not surprisingly, Jones lost his bid for re-election in 1916. Just because he's a murderer? Just yeah. Well, I mean, oh, it please. was the murder rumor was circulated pretty widely, but Wilkerson. And he actually thought, he's like, okay, I don't think Jones did it. Let's look around a little bit more. He focused his attention back on the sexual angle. And his search turned up some very interesting information about one Reverend George Jacqueline Kelly, oh. the little minister who had oh. preached in Velasca on Children's Day that, mere hours before the murder. That really surprises me because ministers have such a... They're honest and they're respectable, <laughs> mm-hmm. and especially the one who chose to be the headliner on Children's Day. Yep. How could you possibly believe that he would molest these kids? Ministers you know? that are around children have a robust history of honesty and overall uh, purity. It's not like they look around all these kids and think about them like their fucking no. sets are like little plump little you know no. cherry tomatoes, and all they want to do is play with them and and then maybe yeah. strangle them so they can play with them until they're fucking just a pile of bones. Yeah. Most ministers. <laughs> don't think that. No, they don't want to play salad bar with the children's body no, and just slowly. They don't want to play pet it. the pickle with all these no. kids. Never in a thousand years. I know it. They're great. So this, we should just stop now. No. I can't believe he's Little, innocent. Uh, he's innocent. It was discovered that Kelly had been convicted of sitting, sending obscene letters to young girls in which he asked them to type for him in the nude. That's the most perverted thing I've heard of. Yes. <laughs> I think it's even more perverted because it seems more innocent so, than yes. other, but it's very gross. It's also the click clack of a typewriter and him just staring at him being like, hey, honest, because you're going to type faster. Oh, my God. I love it. Jesus Christ. Come over here and sit on my lap. Oh, sweet little girl. Yeah, I'm sucking your feet. I want you to type like the devil is on your heels. I want you to type like the devil is all up in your butt and that butt is on fire. Type, type, type. Butts on fire. <coughs> Yikes. Now you can stream the live TV you love for just 40 bucks a month with Sling TV. Get your favorite channels and shows for the best price. If you want live sports, Sling has all the football playoffs and pro and college basketball. Stay up to date with breaking news from around the world with MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News. Sling also has reality, TV, popular entertainment, kid shows, and more. Sling costs almost half as much as other live TV providers, so you can watch more and pay less. Sling is easy. Sign up in minutes, stream at home or on the go on up to three devices, and record up to 50 hours with included DVR space. Get flexible channel lineups that put you in control. Pause, change, or cancel your service at any time. You'll never get locked into a long-term contract. Check out Sling.com for special offers. Sling, the live TV you love for a price you love. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace! With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. 
It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. I'm, I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses Filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay, because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt and not only are you going to get the judge reinhold sitting on the clydesdale entire series clothes and non-clothes what we also are going to offer and i mean this we're trying to get into giraffe rides i brought this up the other day we got to start riding other animals but horses take pictures of the horses photoshop the horses into other celebrities but stop riding them save a horse ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. The experts at Fast Growing Trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape design, and how best to take care of your plants. I love fast growing trees because i just moved here to los angeles i got a yard now and i'm doing all the landscaping myself i love working in my garden i love planting stuff i love growing stuff and the cool thing about fast growing trees that i really like is that they tell you exactly what type of growing zone you're in i'm in growing zone 10 and they can tell you exactly what type of trees or plants, or whatever you can put out in front of your house. Uh, I'm looking at the Norfolk Island pine tree. I'm looking at putting a little bit of red sister cordyline up in front of my fence. I think that'll the red will really pop nice. And maybe for the backyard, I got an extra planter that I might put a Satsuma plum tree in. And these prices are reasonable. They're reasonable if you've ever been to a nursery. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. So Wilkerson, oh, and by the way, Kelly was also a peeping Tom. Oh. Wilkerson learned that on Children's that Day. That just means you're curious. <laughs> That's right. Before I, reality I'm television. I'm very a curious person. So yes, when I Airbnb, like I was just doing in Los Angeles, I would, yes, I would look through their things. Mm -hmm. But I'm also a sort of personal, I believe, anthropologist. <laughs> I hate right. the term peeping Tom. I agree. I mean, you look through a window, everyone's just putting on their own little play for you. <laughs> so he just really enjoyed that.
He enjoyed the theatron. So if you remember what I said earlier, the Reverend spent the night at the Ewing home, but it was discovered that he left at 5.19 a.m. to take a train back to where he lived. And during that trip, and during that trip, Wilkerson discovered that Kelly had had a conversation with a couple of old ladies about the murders hours before the bodies were discovered. What, what do you doing? mean a conversation what is he about harassing these old women, talking to them about? Eight oh, hey, dead little bodies. minister, what are you up to? Hey, you wouldn't believe I saw eight different bodies all <laughs> chopped up like a bruschetta salad with an axe the other day. Oh, it was the most horrible thing. The titties are covered in blood. The penises are covered in blood. I guess I don't get so riled up about it. I just loved your sermon. Thank you. All right. He was also completely obsessed with the murders. We see this again and again, uh, especially people with a guilty conscience. Right. Uh, is that he wants to talk about it. He wants to say something, he but wants he, to can't, go- he can't think of anything besides like, hey, did you hear about those murders? <laughs> that <laughs> is a shame. <laughs> <laughs> did, he, did he do what a lot of killers do where they where they go and they ask the cop, hey, cops, do you need any assistance? I'm, no, I'm oh, around He did not return. To, okay. Yeah, yeah. He did not go back. He was discovered that he had sent a bloody shirt to a laundry in Omaha. Uh, and Kelly was also said to have been obsessed with the coverage. He was arrested and he confessed not once, but twice. However, he did recant his story prior to trial. The first uh, trial resulted in a hung jury, but on the second trial, the little minister was found not guilty and soon disappeared, never to be heard from again. You are. Wow. I think you're just officially more innocent if you're under five foot. <laughs> I agree. And that's just what he that was. What he manipulated. He was a minister. He was a tiny man. Uh, yeah, I guess he got he got the benefits of his title and his stature. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. So he was just, and, and what did he do when he, no, no more stories of this minister? We know that he went uh, to the Midwest, uh, like stayed in the Midwest for a little bit. His last known whereabouts were right here in New York City. And he, wow. wasn't he working as like a sort of like a, 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 a midterm financial officer for an axe company? Oh, oh it fear. quite possibly could be. Wow. Little minister could make an axe. That's fuck. I love axe murders. Oh god, it's so great. And we're going to and right now we're going to This is the get, best one. This is the best one. This is uh by far this is the best axe murder in the history of axe murders. At least here in the United States. She is a beautiful woman. She looks good with teeth and you can tell she'll look good without them too. <laughs> She's got one of those faces. Of course we're talking about Carla Faye Tucker. Yeah, she is a she is a looker. Yeah, for a murderer. If she wouldn't well, have been such a heroin uh, addicted prostitute, she would have been hot. That's always the shame. Yeah, instead she's merely pretty cute. <laughs> well, I mean, but okay, but heroin by sta- cute, heroin yeah. cute, yeah. chic, heroin chic, my friend. By the standards of people who would would eventually be sentenced to death row, she is a ten. Oh, she's yeah. a Bo Derek ten. Oh my God! Yeah. Um, but, but what I like about this crime is that we're back in modern times. Yes, nineteen eighty three. Huey Lewis is playing on the, <laughs> on the fucking airwaves, which it's is big. great. And maybe the songs kind of sound something like this. No, actually, it doesn't sound like this. This isn't I, Huey Lewis in no, the news. No. I thought this was the news. <laughs> Nothing like Nothing that. Nothing like no, that. Unfortunately. So the date is June 13th, oh 1983. Goodness. We're in Houston, Texas. Mm. It's hot. It's the middle of the summer. Oh, yeah. Houston in the summer is unbearable. Mm. Humid. Mm. Cool. Sweaty. Sounds like a good place to do a bunch of heroin in a shitty-ass apartment. Bring your gold bond. Yes. <laughs> this would be a post-it note I would write to myself. 
So Gregory Travers was waiting for his friend Jerry Dean to pick him up for work in his blue El Camino, as he did every morning. So Je- nothing Texas about any of this. No, no, Jerry <laughs> Dean with the blue El Camino, he's, he's a regular socialite from the East Coast. <laughs> so Jerry's running late, and Gregory, who happened to live in the same apartment complex, went to go check on his work buddy, walked over to Jerry's ground floor apartment, found the El Camino gone, hmm. but had loud rock music blasting from his apartment. <sighs> So nothing weird. Figures that Jerry probably overslept. Back door was unlocked and just slightly open. Uh, Gregory pushed the door open a little further, yelled for Jerry... No answer. I love Jerry, this. come on now. Come on. Jerry, don't you be playing prairie dog with me. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on from the ground now. Come on now, Jerry. I love the guys like hearing just nothing but loud metal music. Must be sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be asleep. Typical. Typical. So as he moved inside, he noticed that the partially built Harley Davidson motorcycle that ought to be in the middle of the living room. <laughs> no, it shouldn't. <laughs> it ought to be outside or in the garage. Uh, it was missing. It was missing. It's okay. called a Texas coffee tape. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. A half-finished motorcycle just sitting in the middle of that house. <laughs> so Jerry uh, didn't like sleeping in the master bedroom. So Travers knew where he'd find his friend. He slept over in the spare bed. That's like Eddie, who does it. Ed, Ed Larson of the Round Table Gentleman will not sleep in his bed, only sleeps on his couch. Yeah, it's right. weird. He's got a bed. A beautiful, <laughs> very nice bed. But, you know. So he walks into the spare bedroom, and inside he finds Dean half on the bed, half off, and completely naked. His head a bludgeoned mess. His torso was covered in black, blood-caked holes. And on the floor lay a girl with her back to the floor. A pickaxe had been driven into the middle of her chest so hard that it went completely through her body, and it stuck into the floor. Yeah! That is metal. I still feel Jerry like, Maguire was brave. <laughs> I still feel like the number one thought in this dude's head is like, but now where is that Harley? Where is where, <laughs> I see this is just weird. Now, weird, weird, weird. It's all huh. making sense, but where's the Harley? Oh yeah, Dean sporting twenty eight separate holes all over his oh. body, had also been hit with a hammer, and his neck had been hit so hard that he was almost decapitated. Hell yeah. And now, now this pickaxe that they <laughs> not to use, make not to make fun of the victims. No, no, we never make fun of the victims. But rock and roll. <laughs> I mean the guy liked metal and he had a metal lifestyle and he had a metal death. There's no doubt about that. He the did pickaxe have a- that that was used Whoa. was it had to weigh at least twenty five pounds. I mean, this it is was legit. Big. This was a this is what construction workers used to dig up concrete, dig up roads. I tell you, and they he, used it to dig up this dude's entire flesh. Absolutely. If you ran Carla Faye Tucker's blood, you're going to get that some of that fucking Lance Armstrong HGH in there as oh, well. She, because you have to be very strong to do what she did. She yeah. was juicing. <laughs> <laughs> so the detectives, when they found out that the Harley frame and the El Camino were missing, they assumed that the motive was robbery, but the savagery of these crimes pointed towards it being more of a crime of passion or one of sheer fucking hatred. Technically, if you're in Texas and you steal someone's El Camino, you can be charged with Texas treason. Yeah. Yeah, Because that is defying the the motto of the state, which is to each man an El Camino (laughs) and to each El Camino a man. My first car was a fucking 83 El Camino. That's right. And then you were also elected governor that year. (laughs) Because whoever gets the Camino, El Camino Camino is also elected to political office. Wheresoever goes the Camino, so goes the government. <laughs> yeah, I like the idea of a defense attorney getting her off because she was abusing steroids. It don't count. Her record doesn't count. Treat her like Barry Bonds in baseball. An asterisk. 
on the number of victims. <laughs> well, they thought that it was either someone who knew the people and hated them, or that it had just been the work of bikers who the Houston Police Department regarded little more than animals. Sure. Uh, and if you've ever read Hell's Angels by Hunter S. Thompson... You might fucking think a little bit the same. You've read it, right, Henry? Oh, I've, I've literally read it six times. With well, the, the problem with that the, that generation of bikers too was that they discovered acid really hardcore, oh. and they kept doing acid way past the hippie times. Like basically, yeah. they when they were started hanging out hippies, they got acid, and then acids made bikers really weird. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. and highly unpredictable. That's what happens with every single cool drug. It gets co opted by very mean spirited individuals who take it to another violent level. And they're all level. doing. Angel dust. They're very. Right, right. These are not. Yeah. You know. They, they don't have accountants. They're not doing their taxes. No. These guys. This this whole thing is very firmly rooted in biker culture. Yes. I didn't realize that Houston had a large Hell's Angels population. Though. I mean, they weren't really Hell's Angels. They were just fucking bikers. I see. Like most, they were bikers into the biker lifestyle. Most uh, large cities have a Hell's Angel cha- uh, chapter at least. I'd imagine. And, Houston and now would it's mostly have one. it's weekend warriors. Now no one's doing yeah. like hard. I mean, the fucking Hell's Angels chapter here in New York City is in the East Village. They're in second. They're on. Second Avenue, and you see him outside, and they're very geriatric at this point. And they, yeah. their, their main guy had a trachea; his trachea is removed, so he speaks with, "Hello, well, I'm gonna kick your ass." That's you know, way cool, work. though. It is kind of cool because he's <laughs> half a machine, but it's also kind of not intimidating. So it was quickly surmised that Dean had been hit with the hammer first, making him the main target in the murder. The woman with the pickaxe in her chest, just there at the wrong place at the wrong time, and the pickaxe belonging to Dean was a spur of the moment impulse. The murderers didn't bring the pickaxe with them. They just saw the pickaxe and thought, fuck yeah. Never have an axe in your home. Just don't have it in the house. Leave nope. it stuck in a stump outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Dean could have been killed with just the hammer alone. Like, the right. hammer blows to the head. That already killed him, but the brutality of the pickaxe, uh, that pointed towards the, the attacker having some sort of score to settle. And the perpetrator was most likely someone with a bit of a temper and yeah. possibly a drug habit. Yeah, definitely weird though to think about that having anything to do with drugs. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, well, one thing we know it's not a peaceful Buddhist uh, that did this. Uh, I don't think it's a monk of any kind. So let's get in a little bit to uh, the victim, the victims, Jerry Lynn Dean. A little bit about him. Wannabe biker. Uh, Obviously married- a wannabe because he couldn't get the goddamn thing put together <laughs> exactly. in his freaking living room. Yeah, he's like, I can take it apart, but I just can't seem to put it back together. I don't he's even like, know why I took it apart. I just, I just wanted to get it in the living room because I thought it was bad ass. <laughs> and the problem is I can't now. I can't ride it. Right. <laughs> don't got no wheels. It's like everyone who wants to be a chef and they order Ginsu uh, knives off of uh, some bizarre television channel, mm-hmm. Home Shopping Network or something. Cut a can with that knife. Ooh, look at that. <laughs> well, if you could eat a can, that would make that Oh, yeah, if you were a fucking goat, asshole. <laughs> sure, that would work great. So Jerry had been married to a woman named Sean Jackson. That marriage had gone off the rails because Dean discovered that Sean had been a quote-unquote Roadie for a local band while they toured, and she had a fair amount of experience as a prostitute. Oh, yeah, it was with a guy's name, like, you know, Raised by Wolves, and everybody had a rat tail. <laughs> yeah. I could see Sean Jackson, like, in my 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 my, my, eyes, my mind's eye. Yeah. She's 85 pounds, huge <laughs> blonde hair, like, right. Habsies, Def Leppard, like, you know, Deflated shirt. Titties. Says, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's oh, a yeah. Sean Jackson. Yeah, Sean, I mean, it should be Shauna. Should definitely Shauna. be Sean. I went to high school yeah. with a Shauna. I could see she's got like a treble clef tattooed on her belly button. It's <laughs> all wrinkly and odd now. Looks yeah. like a strange musical note. Jerry Dean is an asshole. 
Jerry he's Dean. Too, he's too good for this girl because she used to be a roadie and blew a couple of uh, you know musicians who didn't go anywhere with their careers. You have any idea how many people are trying to get into the music business? It's crazy hard, <laughs> and you have a not finished motorcycle in your goddamn living room. As far as the other victim went, Debbie Thornton. She was the 32 year old bookkeeper married with a son and a stepdaughter. Strangely enough, she was not the only murder victim in her family. Her father was a rich homosexual with a penchant for young boys who had been killed by a quartet of kids he had seduced. It's sort of like the opposite of the uh, Catwoman's origin story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where instead of them all bringing him to life, they all murder him. The because then he could have been Boy Man. Yeah, and Boy Man's like really kind of creepy and weird and like when he lurks in the shadows, it's hey, not like as cool. Hey. Yeah. You, you won't play Jumping Jacks. You won't play Hopscotch. Can I just, I'll just get robbed. You don't even have to defend me. I don't, don't want to be... I'm fine. Thank it's you. It's the Twink Avenger. <laughs> Boy Man with, his, with the Twink Avenger needs to be a comic book. So anyway, how these two got together is that Debbie had met Dean at a swimming pool party at her apartment complex the day before the murders, left her kids in the care of a neighbor, and eventually just being ended up in the wrong place, wrong time. You yeah. guys ever been to a swimming pool party, an apartment complex? No, but it sounds really gross for Houston, Texas in 1983 to go to a swimming pool. Just the hair alone that must be I, clogged in uh, those drains. Swimming pool parties in my head are literally, it's like, it's four dudes, one girl. Right. Uh, there is like maybe a two cans of Keystone Light for everyone to share. Yeah. Uh, and we're listening to a lot of Allman Brothers. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and that the girl. It's just, a pool party. Yeah, she's, yeah, exactly. She's in her bra in the pool, and it's just a bunch of dudes staring at her. That's it. And then eventually they get into a fight over uh, her And that's and, Debbie uh, was. Yeah. And yeah, and, and fucking, uh, she just so happened to choose her knight in shining armor, Jerry Dean. Yeah. Wow. Going deeper into the life of Jerry Dean, detectives James Ladd and Carolyn Newman, they uncovered a volatile relationship between Dean and a heroin user and part-time prostitute, a one Miss Carla Faye Tucker. Ooh, Miss Faye Tucker. She could have been... If she had met, like, Gerald Ford, she could have been the first wife. (laughs) You never know. You know? You never know. So, Carl, a little bit about her. She was 23. She was born in 1960 to a woman named Carolyn Tucker. And when Carolyn's two daughters were old enough to smoke weed... Which means four years old. Four years old, (laughs) she shared joints with them. Carl's first experience with heroin came at the age of 10 when a biker doped her up so he could fuck her. She, uh, fortunately, though, got sick, and the biker left her alone. Yeah, because as soon as he heard throwing up, he's going to be throwing up. And yeah, like, I can't deal with so that. So sensitive. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be a biker. You're always lonely on the road. I travel a lot. Mm-hmm. I know. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Carlo was described as tough, unforgiving of slights, hot-headed, and capable of cold and unrelenting hatred. So you uh, put that right at the top of your Tinder account, right? Oh, yeah, that's what you'd say. Swipe right. <laughs> Absolutely. So after Carla's mother died, she moved in with her sister, Carrie, and a guy named Danny Garrett, and they were soon joined by uh, these guys, Jimmy LeBrant and Ronnie Burrell. Gosh, they just all... so much Texas dirtbag. So <laughs> much. <laughs> yep. There's Carrie and Carla Tucker, then there's Danny Garrett, then Jimmy LeBrant, and then Ronnie Burrell. It's like Ronnie Burrell, I could, again, it's just like no sleeve shirt. It's got, it's got oh, like a shirt yeah. that says party naked on it. He's just doing like <laughs> curls with a 20, like 20 pound barbell, yep. like in his driveway in front 
return of his Camaro. But not doing them right. Just no. Just like halfway mm. and then getting a little bit winded. And I guarantee you one of the house jokes was when every time someone took a drink out of a spit cup mm-hmm. and they would just laugh and oh, laugh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Coca-Cola, that's chew tobacco. <laughs> oh, that's good. They all lived on a house in McKean Street in Houston. Mm. House is all about drugs, sex, and the biker life. Hell yeah. As far as the conflicts give between... Me, give me one of these. Yeah, let's get a lick oh, in there. The yeah, biker about life. drugs, sex, and the biker life. Ooh, rock and roll. Yeah. That's what I'm going to start doing, man. Tight t-shirts, girls with no teeth. Good idea, Henry. That's going to be perfect for you. Oh, yeah. It's going to be wonderful. So, uh, there have been a lot of conflicts between Jerry Dean and Carla Faye Tucker, who had met in 1981. This had been a two-year contentious relationship. Hmm. Carly considered Jerry to be a fucking poser whose only connection to the biker life was that the fact that he owned a bike. Didn't wear tight t-shirts and jeans. Couldn't handle his fucking booze and drugs as well as the crew at McKeon Street could. Carla said that he was, quote... A pussy of a man. And he was also mean to Shauna. <laughs> he was. Yeah, he, he was, was mean, mean to Shauna. He was, he was mean, mean to Shauna. Shauna was Carla's best friend. Well, Jimmy is just, he's not a nice guy. He's not. No. He's Carla, a poser. And Carla fucking stood up to him. She once punched him in the face so hard that his glasses shattered, sending him to the hospital to have small shards of glass removed from his eye. Oh, my and, glasses. Oh, the small shards of glass in my eye. <laughs> what a crybaby. She also burned a picture of his mother no, on a whim. He burned a picture of her mother. Oh, oh wow. this guy's got to go down. I have no yeah. sympathy for this poser. Absolutely. Again, Carla could have married that girl if it wasn't for the rage and the heroin. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you start heroin before you hit puberty, uh, that's not that good. Yeah, yeah in order to be, be raped by a biker, you're just not right. going to have many fun stories. <laughs> no, 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 no. So the murder of uh, Jerry Dean and his female companion. Who was on, cheating on her husband and who being was, a bad mother. Hey, there ain't no such thing as a wedding ring in the South. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not in Houston. Not in the summertime. So the murder went unsolved for a month and five days before a detective named J.C. Mosier, who wasn't even assigned to the case, got a call from the ex-husband of one of his high school friends. I can definitely see. So the, yeah, he got a call from it was Douglas Garrett, the boyfriend of Carla Faye's sister, Carrie, and the brother of Carla Faye's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. A bit incestuous. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I feel like when bit. you give somebody a ring in the South, you just it just means you gave them a venereal disease. Yeah. Like, I gave her the ring. But I also yeah. feel like Douglas Willows just sat there and he was just sucking on a Lone Star and was like, well, guess I better call the police. <laughs> you, know, you, know, like, you know, it was just like, it was just like no, nothing spurred it. He just sat there like watching fucking like Johnny Carson reruns. Got to. So Garrett said that Carla and his brother Danny had did nothing but brag and talk about the murders for the last month. Carla couldn't stop talking about how she came during the killing, how right. she had orgasms during the killing. She said, Doug, I came with every stroke. Yeah! Fuck yeah! Oh my goodness. I mean, how do you even do that? How do you come while you stab somebody? Is your Are your thighs rubbing together? They're having a great time. It's, it's all about how, you know, I've heard tell of women say that they make themselves orgasm just by thinking about the things that they got to get the juices going. Go to LP on the left. It's on uh, at 
uh, LP on the left, uh, and lady fans, let us know if that's a possibility. On Twitter, yeah, yeah. If yeah. You, well, yeah, if you've murdered someone with an axe and you had an orgasm during it. Let us know. <laughs> let us know if you've done it, and let us know if you had an yeah. orgasm while you did it. She told her sister Carrie that she, quote, got a nut every time she picked oh. Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> she got a nut? I got a nut. Oh, this woman needs different, she needs different influences. She needs a strong female influence. Absolutely. She needs like a Sally Field. She does. <laughs> Texas Pete is a sauce and allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around, it's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas Pete hot sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. This signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It's been at the center of dinner table since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original, and not for the faint of heart. Sabor! By Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor, and their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce and a flavorful dry rub. Tell you what, the other day I was having myself a good old refried bean burrito, and I wanted a little bit of kick to my morning, so I got myself some Texas Pete sriracha sauce. And I smothered those refried beans and that cheese and them eggs and a whole bunch of chai. And it started off my day correct. Texas Pete sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST. 24 for 20% off at TexasPete.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says right here, what would you do of another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously I'd get some nunchuck training in. Uh, I'd make love to my wife. That takes about nine. That's a full nine minutes of that hour. And then I would probably uh, go to get a donut. And then... I'd probably yell at my parents. But a lot of us wish we had more time. The question is time for what? I don't know. What works for you? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. You know that question? They're like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? You know, and like, you know, when I answer, it's of course I would grind the government to a standstill with my giant machine of my making in secret for many years. But a lot of people get mad at that and it's really hard to do that in a job interview or like when you're meeting somebody's like your significant other's parents for the first time. So, and we might actually want to think of starting therapy. So give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash last pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com Slash L A S T P O D. It's sports. Prize picks. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor, oh, it's eaten up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. Yeah, toss that rock. Come on, guys. Yeah, pass it around. 
Get on the excitement with Price Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious caps. Whether it's hula hoops or earring hoops, you're going to know everything you need to know about sports. You can now win up to 100 times your money on Price Picks with little as four correct picks. Conference tournaments are here, which means the biggest moments in college basketball are getting closer. Skip ball. Price Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. I sure wish that Bobby Bonilla was still in the game because I would pick him to go all the way. Can you imagine if Bobby Bonilla played basketball? Woo-wee, dog. Then it would be more like baseball, but Bobby Bonilla would still be crushing it in the contract game. Woo! The deadliest game of all. Download the app today and use code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. That's code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Well, Doug, he was fine just hearing about the murders, uh, but Carla and Danny had started talking about killing people who knew about the murders, namely Jimmy LeBrant and Carrie's husband, Ronnie Burrell. That's kind of like when I told that story about the, the when I had the guys, uh, the roommates next to me, the gutter punks next to me, who were yeah. talking about how, like, we got to kill your roommates. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. That was like... Don't do it. So that is terror. Yeah, that was the greatest story. They were on a bunch of Adderall and drugs. And yeah, shit. yeah. That's a couple of episodes in. It's a wonderful story. Uh, go listen to it. Uh, but uh, so um, that's a terrifying thing if you're talking to somebody who is telling you about the crime that they committed, and then they're also telling you that they're going to murder everyone that they told about the crime. So you just told me about the crime. So that so I'm now. So yeah. I have to go. Don't tell me about the crime anymore. You can just stop talking. Also, about it. it just sounds like he called the police because they were getting annoying because he was just hearing the same story. Oh, they just been month? doing months and jabbering about, on about this shit for a month straight. So you know that you... Once the story about how you murder two people gets boring, yeah. that's time <laughs> to stop talking about it. So Mosier, he told Doug that at the moment, the uh, confessions they have could only be treated as hearsay. Yeah, cause especially because a rambling Texas dude just called him on the phone told him that he's sick to death of hearing his fucking girlfriend and his brother talking about fucking how they murdered someone with an axe while everyone was on meth. And they well... Also- <laughs> Can you not yeah. breathe so long? Can you breathe in before yeah. you start talking? Let me put my boots on. They all sound like Boomhauer from King of the Hill. You're just like, I don't fully understand what you're saying, but I think you committed a double murder. Is that right? Goddamn day. So Mosier, he said that he needed Doug to wear a wire. Not only did they need the two to confess to the murders, but they also, for some reason, really harped on getting Carla to say that she had orgasms during the murders. They really <laughs> wanted her to say it on totally. tape. It's because they're all like giggling, like, wait, this next part, this next part, where it gets <laughs> she, got, she fucking busted a nut, nut. when she was oh, fucking I can't believe. Her. Yeah, it plays well into the narrative, and we'll get into it. But I think they did give her a bit of a Charles Manson treatment, just a little bit. Uh, and if Doug thought that he was in trouble, his safe word was. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was his safe word. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jesus ain't going to save you now, buddy. So just before five in the morning, Doug walked into the house at McKean Street to find everyone inside awake and drinking. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, because bedtime, I mean, when you're living that life, bedtime's 8 a.m. Yeah. Sure. Yep. And you wake up at like 6 p.m. Yeah, right. and you have a great time. Yeah. It sounds great. 
Yeah, it's not. No, I mean, you get a lot of puzzles done. <laughs> oh, that's what they were. They were working on 3D puzzles, and I'm sure they were organizing some sort of toy drive for kids. Of it's like it's, that's the thing. When I'm on meth, the first thing I do is charity work. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And then all these kids are like, "Oh, are needles technically toys now? Just take the yep, toy. Just take the toy. Take the toy." So inside the house was Jimmy LeBrant's sister Marla, Ronnie Burrell, and a woman that Doug knew only as Cookie. And that's because she had a cookie on her shirt. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, of course. <laughs> and he was, and so Doug was told Carla and Danny were in the bedroom. So after a few minutes of small talk, Doug said to his brother, "said You know, I've been wondering, y'all go over there with a mind to kill them people." And so Danny replied, "It was a freak thing, you know. It happened. We uh, how do you say?" Freaked out. Yep. You know? And when asked how and why it happened, Carla said, We were very wired and we was looking for something to do. We went there to case the place and something said go. <laughs> it was a lot creepier than that. Like, something said go. Something <laughs> says go. Something <laughs> said go. So we went in there, just stabbed him twice. Now you just sounded like girls I fucking went to high school yeah. with. That's who she go. was. She really was someone that you probably could have gone to high school with. Know, and Shauna, you Shauna did disappear like a few months in the senior year. No yeah. one knows what happened. And who was that retarded girl you guys all had f- times with? Amanda? <laughs> Mentally disabled, Henry. That's what you're supposed to call Texas. Come on, leave him alone. And about the pickaxe, Carla said between pop and pills, she just said, it was there. It was there. I mean, and again, that's on Dean. You know, yeah. that's his own fault. Yeah, so Doug Garrett, he left the house at about 6, rode away on his Harley. few minutes, Ronnie Burrell looked out the window and said, It's the fucking law! The law! Oh, yeah! The law is here because you broke it. <laughs> Everyone in the house was taken in in questions, but no confessions were to be had that day. Uh, Joseph Magliolo, local DA, he had this to say about Tucker. Her attitude and the way she looked and everything about her was a personification of evil. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty fucking, I mean. (laughs) The personification of evil. And while they did have the confession from The Wire, they needed a confession. uh, To make the case airtight, they needed a confession that was written and signed. Everybody with these fucking confessions. Yeah, man, do some detective work. Yep, surprisingly, though, Carla would be the one to talk as to why she confessed. She said... I wanted to tell the truth. I wanted the real story to be told. I had to do something about how sick-minded we must have been to think about something like this. Ah, uh, and it just, she just also got off on it, too. It's oh, difficult yeah. to commit a double murder with a chick because they're always going to want the attention for it. You know, <laughs> guys are just like, we can stay mum. Post girl, it to Facebook. Post right. it to Instagram. Yeah. What filter should I use on this corpse that I just stabbed 26 times with the pickaxe? Babe, can we just have a memory that's our memory? <laughs> Dude, it's like you don't even want me anymore. So part of the motivation for the murder had been the rumor that Jerry had put out a $300 contract to anyone who was successful in burning Carla's face off. Burning her face off? Yeah. 300 bucks for burning her face off. She paid 300 bucks to get that goddamn Harley put together. It's it's also like an improv suggestion. It's been like, I'll give anybody how much? uh, 300 bucks to... Burn her face off! Burn her damn face off! (laughs) I heard your suggestion. Thank you. Nick, can I get a season? (laughs) Fall. All right. I hate that season. So in retaliation, Carla, Jimmy, and Danny decided, super fucked up on meth and tequila, that the thing to do would be to go and steal Dean's Harley parts and sell them. So Carly... 
This Carla. So white tread. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go steal his. You know what we're going to do? We're going to go steal his fucking motorcycle part. Oh, that fucking poser ain't going to fucking do that thing no ways. So we're going to go steal him. We're going to show that motherfucker who's boss. He want to burn this face off that I'm slowly burning from the inside with crystal methamphetamine. <laughs> I'm going to go steal his car part. I'm going to steal his motorcycle part and I'm going to sell him. So Carla, having kept them from a time that Dean had left him at her house, had a set of Jerry's keys to both his apartment and his El Camino. The original goal was just simple theft. Danny, he brought a shotgun along, mm-hmm. but left it in the truck. Instead, he grabbed a hammer on the way See, in. See, that's just straight up stupid. Yeah. That's stupid. It's because a shotgun is going to help you a lot more in a robbery than a hammer. Yeah. But a shotgun makes a loud noise, and the hammer, uh, relatively quiet when it comes in contact with a human skull. But don't you feel like you need to be pretty competent at swinging a hammer in a in, a, in, a, in attack formation? I think you just got to swing it a bunch of times and I hope guess. you get lucky. That's true. So as they walked inside, they heard Dean from the other room shouted, What's going on? And then Danny moved to the spare uh, doorway of the room. Carla said, I was right behind him. The light was out and the window was on the far wall and there was a little crack in the curtains and a little bit of light coming in and I could see the silhouette of a body that sat up. I couldn't see detail, faces or Jerry's clothes, anything like that, but I could see the outline of everything like a shadow on the wall. And I walked past Danny and went and sat on top of Jerry. Carla, he said, we can work it out. Moving your dead, motherfucker! Okay, never mind, never mind. (laughs) And then Jerry threw Carla off and stood up. Carla looked and saw Danny's silhouette as the hammer came crashing down on Dean's fucking head. Dean fell to the floor, started gurgling, and Tucker said, I kept hearing that sound. All I wanted to do was stop him from making that noise. So I looked, and I seen a pickaxe against the wall. I reached over, and I grabbed it, and I swung it, and hit him in the back with it four or five times. Oh, man. And LeBrant, who was along with them, the only one who didn't participate in the murders, walked in the room to what find... What Sam hell? <laughs> now, oh, never mind. <laughs> yep, he found Carla with one foot on Dean, trying to rem- remove the pickaxe from his back, said that she was wriggling it. Uh, she wrenched it free, lifted it over her head, looked over at Jimmy, smiled, and hit the fucker again. God damn, how Ooh. far do you have to stab a pickaxe into a dude's back so you can't actually pull it out with a relative ease? All the way through. Yeah. All the way That's through. all. You know, you just got to oh. make him a little hors d'oeuvre. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, skewer him a little bit with it. So Jimmy, obviously shaken, he left the room to call Ronnie Burrell to come pick him up. He said, I burned off because I didn't buy in for that. That's not what it's supposed to be. I hadn't gone, I hadn't gone for that. That's not my way. So meanwhile, Danny was loading the motorcycle parts into his Ford Ranchero. <laughs> God damn. Doesn't so... anybody have a Honda? Doesn't anybody have a <laughs> Nissan? What is happening? Then at one point, for reasons unknown, he returned to the room, took the pickaxe from Carla, and drove it into Dean's chest and returned to his Luton shortly thereafter. And it's at this time that Tucker finally noticed that there was another person in the room with her. What? This whole time? This whole time. And everybody she didn't know how does the woman this was woman in the room. wake up during this entire she experience. just sat there pretending to be like like they can't see me um right. well this is stupid that they can't see me so i'm just gonna keep lying here yeah she said that the woman's head was under a pillow and she knows that her body was shaken under the cover uh, she was scared yeah and reacting just almost instinctively carla just fucking swung at the body uh and when the axe embedded in her shoulder the woman started to attack carla oh, hearing the commotion garrett came back to the room pulled the two apart and then just fucking left again and the victim just sat in the corner crying it hurts if you're gonna kill me just fucking hurry up Damn. danny came Jesus. back danny came back kicked the woman 
the head as he removed the pickaxe. She was knocked flat on her back, and Danny plunged the pickaxe into the woman's chest with such force that it went clean through her fucking body and into the floor. Yeah, right. collecting butterflies. <laughs> I don't know what that Ooh. means. It's like pinning butterflies to a board. Oh, I yeah. see. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it's it, a woman. And a pickaxe, uh, not a little pin. It's more grizzly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you do that with butterflies, you're a scientist and you're well respected. Mm-hmm. So the two grabbed the motorcycle frame, finally, and left. A little month, uh, a little over a month later, the two would be arrested, tried, and convicted of murder. And being Texas, the death penalty was on the table as a sentence. Of amazing. Oh, um, immediately. Immediately. Oh, and oh, mandatory. They didn't Man- even have to like pretend like they weren't going to get the death sentence. Exactly. So both Carla and Dan- Danny were sentenced to death by lethal injection, although Danny died in liver... Of liver disease in prison before he could be killed by the state. Carla would be the first woman in 135 years to be ex- executed in the state of Texas since Chapita Rodriguez in 1863 was hanged for murdering a horse trainer. Now, I really find this is really interesting. The, the controversy that came over executing her was, I mean, number one, because she was a woman, mm-hmm. yeah, but also huge. because she became a massive born-again Christian. She became oh, the man. face. I remember this when I was growing up. She became the face of the evangelical movement, and one area where evangelicals they can be relatively sympathetic and almost liberal is when it comes to the death penalty. Yeah. They're, that's why also why they're pro-life because they believe it's a little person inside of there. Yeah, and she found and, God and she took up aerobics and crocheting. And that she, is true. That is, she did take up aerobics she, and crocheting. Yeah, and she took on, she she took the, the major leadership role in, on death row for Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. She was the major minister there. Yeah, well, she even went so far as to marry her minister while on uh, death row, a man named Dana Brown. Which, there should be a law against that. Marrying ministers in prison when you're on death row. You can anyone can get married on Anybody death row. Anybody can do whatever you want. It's just how you swing it, bro. So Carla Faye Tucker, yes, she was the face of the uh, or the anti death penalty movement. She had supporters that included Bianca J- Jagger, the ex husband of Mick Jagger, ex wife, yeah. or yeah, ex wife, yeah, uh, the Reverend Pat Robertson and Pope John Paul II. Right, but it was all for naught as in 1997, her last appeal was rejected. Her Fate was laid in the hands of the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles, meaning the final decision was made by the governor of Texas at the time, George W. Bush. And no, no, George like W. A, Bush would never murder nobody. This is a problem. Also, back in Texas, I mean, like the governor was w- would get his own executioner's hood, and it <laughs> right, had the right, Lone right, right. Star flag on it, and he would do it all himself. No, no W. Oh you can't God. murder her with a pickaxe. Now, why can't I just kill her with a pickaxe the way she killed that woman? If someone wants to make me an executioner's hood. Out of the Texas flag. That's great. No, I absolutely make it. Please help him be yeah. even more isolated from society. It's a great idea. Help Marcus make himself less wanted by everybody in society. That's ideal for all of us. That's how I like it. W. Bush. This was a lot of pressure on this guy because he was an evangelical himself. Yes, he was. And he uh, was, again, with Pat Robertson, Reverend Billy Graham also came in defense of this woman solely because she was white and solely because they loved her hairstyle and they all kind of wanted to have sex with her. Also, and then this, I fucking hate this press conference bullshit that he did, where basically when they they announced they denied the 30-day reprieve of Carla, he had said... So God answered prayer and concluded that judgments about the heart and soul of an individual on death row are best left to a higher authority. May God bless Carla Faye Tucker and God bless her victims and their families. Except you made the judgment to kill her. <laughs> well, they made the. I yeah. actually am with W on this one. It would have been uh, it would have been hypocritical for him to let her off. Everybody else dies in Texas, and uh, and honestly, Carla Faye Tucker. 
she thought she was going to go meet Jesus. So I think she had a really good day. Yeah. Until she realized that, like, all that, well, that's not real. Yeah. All these people are pretty stupid. Yeah. She was totally, I mean, yeah, she was okay with it. But yeah, I, I read an article that made a very good point about it. It's like, if if the name was Carl Tucker, no one would have given no a No one would have cared. A little bit more pigment in her skin, she would have been dead long before these 14 years. Oh, yeah. yeah. And moments after George W. Bush made his announcement, Carla Faye Tucker was on a hospital gurney awaiting lethal injection. She closed her eyes, licked her, li- licked her lips, coughed twice, groaned softly. As Did she co- come? Not then, not anymore. No, Ben. Oh. She didn't come. Mm-hmm. Or at least it didn't say whether she... I don't know, Ben. Do you think they fucking put two fingers up inside her dead pussy to check afterwards? I, I don't know. I don't know what they do. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. They groaned so- she groaned softly as the drugs coursed through her veins, and she died at 6.45 p.m. Her last words were... I hope God will give you peace with this. Everybody has been so good to me. I love all of you all very much. I'm going to be with Jesus now. I'll see you all when you get there. I'll wait for you. You're telling me all I got to do is live an amazing life, and then when I die, I get to meet Carla Faye Tucker? <laughs> wow, that woman who murdered those two people with a pickaxe? Yes, I'll never have sex with a woman outside of marriage. If I get to meet Carla Faye Tucker, she's Dulger, my favorite ex-murderer I've met. Wow. Um, wow. So she's well, she's dead. not going to heaven. That's none of that's real. No, no. She's just in the she's um, in the ground right now. Well, I guess she mm-hmm. got. It's just really sad, you know. In the end, if uh, if you end your life being executed by the state of Texas, it probably means you started your life by murdering someone with an axe. And what is that? It's uh, rock and roll. So fucking. Rock and roll. Wow. Thank you again. We did it. So that concludes this this episode two, of Axe Murders. Two parters on Axe Murders. I oh, feel yeah. like we could do another two in the future. I mean, there are definitely some stories that I didn't get to, but I'm sure we could definitely do some more. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even get through this entire book. Just Carla Faye Tucker was the furthest that I got. Had enough for two episodes, so we might do a third in the future. Woo. That's perfect. All right, find us on Twitter at LP on the left, and uh, I'm going to give a hail yourselves. Thank you guys so much for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh Hail Satan. Thank you, Satan, for the gifts you bring, the strength that you give me. Thank you for making me rock hard and clever quick (laughs) and making sure I find good deals on furniture for my house. Thank you, Satan, for... I had a really very good uh, batch of Thai food last night. So thank you, Satan. Yeah, it seems... Satan's failing you. Right. (laughs) Okay, right now. Okay. Help help me. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) Hail me. Is this right? Game. Support all the CCR shows, and um, yeah, we'll do a uh, Magustalations. Yeah, rate and review on iTunes. Go to cavecomedyradio.com slash last podcast on the left to get your last podcast on the left t-shirt. Uh, and yes, Magustalations to you all. All right. Oh, do a Hail Gein. Oh, Hail Gein. I think wow. he did, you know. Did he do one? Hey, Carla, yeah. I'm coming to see you, Carla. <laughs> oh, Henry, don't do it. Henry, don't do it. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. 
No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.